Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh, and I am joined by my friend and co-host Alex. We're here giving you another week of off-season content, and we're starting our positional rankings heading into this 2023 NFL Draft. I'm excited for it. We have a lot to talk about in this one episode. So, Alex, first of all, let me get this intro out of the way. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, you know, it was a it was a good night last night, and uh, you know, I'm just excited to start looking into uh, these these prospects here. We're starting with the wide receivers, obviously, and uh, you know, we'll we'll we will work our way uh, through the rest of the positions as well. So this is really the start positions of things. Positions of need for the New York Pos- Giants. Yes, positions least. of need, yeah. um, and uh, we'll be uh, you know, off season starts now, really. So we'll be the grind begins. We will be grinding beginning now. All right, so let's talk about the Super Bowl here. Uh, it's not going to be super long because this was a Giants podcast, not a Philadelphia Eagles podcast, but our NFC East rivals did end up losing the 2023, or I guess Super Bowl 57, whatever you want to say. Super Bowl, great stuff. Um, James Bradbury actually getting a controversial call late in the game, kind of helped uh, helping to set up Harrison Bucker's game-winning field goal. That was a toss that people were calling it the worst call ever. Such a bad call, blah, blah, blah. The Eagles lost. That's all we care about here as Giants fans. So very exciting stuff. Um, and Kadarius Tony putting up MVP numbers, not getting awarded the MVP, but putting up the numbers to at least get put in the conversation. I think he was probably second behind Patrick Mahomes uh, if they were to choose. But you obviously got to give it to the quarterback there. And Patrick Mahomes played a heck of a football game, so it's not like there's any debate there. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, Alex, do you have anything to say about the game? I, I have a lot to say. What I will say, first of all, is that that penalty, that holding call, was definitely a holding call. You look at the back angle, he's grabbing a fistful of his shirt. James Bradbury actually admits it after the game that it was a hold. It was a hold, all right? Like, I I don't want to hear... I know all these Eagles fans are crying. I'm sorry. It's devastating. Eli Manning still has more Super Bowls than your entire franchise. But it's just... It's, you know... You can't blame one call for your defense not being able to stop Patty Mahomes, you know? And it, it was just... It was really great quarterback play from him all day. You know, I'll give... You know, as much as this is difficult for me to do... Jalen Hurts had a hell of a game as well. He was really, really good uh, last night as well. So I was, uh, you know, I was impressed with him. Uh, obviously, he couldn't get it done, but that wasn't really his fault. You know, in terms of offense, they put up 35 points. Uh, when you put up 35 points, you usually expect to win. So, um, you know, defensively, obviously, we're going to talk about uh, Jonathan Gannon a little bit later uh, on when we talk about, um, you know, the head coaching uh, vacancy at Arizona. But you know, he didn't do the best of jobs last night, uh, but to be honest, some of it was just out of his control. Pat Mahomes is just so good. Uh, even running out of the pocket, probably on a high ankle sprain or whatever he was all with uh, during halftime. God knows what they did to his leg during halftime. I don't even want to know. But he was just really, really impressive. And it's not like he has Tyree Kill anymore. You know, he's got that Travis Kelsey as that big main target, but Kelsey in the second half. I don't even think he got targeted, maybe once or twice, maybe had one or two catches, but in the second half, he was utilizing guys like Juju, Sky Moore, Kadarius Toney, obviously, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and Pacheco obviously also had, uh, you know, influences out of the backfield, but it wasn't really, you know, much Pat, uh, it wasn't really like the Pat Mahomes-Travis Kelsey show uh, in the second half where they really started to uh, put it all together. Uh, Obviously, the Eagles were double, triple, quadruple, quintuple uh, teaming. 
Travis Kelsey thought was part of it. But overall, it was really impressive. You know, I'm not one of those guys who's like, he's going to catch up to Tom Brady in the GOAT discussion. But I think at this point, top five is like the floor uh, going forward, uh, you know, as a top quarterback. Because, you know, you look at the insane talent that he has. You know, in the beginning of every season, we always kind of talk about, oh, maybe Josh Allen, maybe Lamar Jackson, not really Lamar Jackson as much recently, maybe Joe Burrow, maybe Justin Herbert. Those guys are just not at the level of Mahomes, to be honest. I think there's such a huge gap between Mahomes and the next guys. It, you know, I, I, it's actually quite starking. But uh, yeah, I, I was super happy with the Eagles win, really nervous that they were going to win. Josh and I watched it together. We were both really nervous that they were going to win. Uh, but it was, a, it was a good night to be a Giants fan. And uh, Joe Shane Masterclass here with Kadarius Tony sending Kadarius Tony to defeat the Eagles, letting go of James Bradbury because he'll just do a cold, you know, he's a, he's a secret agent for the Giants. A little holding call at the end. Beautiful things you, you know, you love to see. Uh, and Philly still only has one lucky ring. Yeah, and I mean, just alluding to your point, it's just Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you give that guy any time whatsoever, he will take advantage of it in the best way possible to help his team out. And that's exactly what the Eagles team did. And I know you said we're going to talk about the Eagles defensive coordinator later, but we can talk about the Eagles defense right now while recapping this. Going through this game, it was the Eagles defense is the best in the NFL. They've had the most sacks or whatever it was all time throughout this season. They're trying to set a record against like the old Bears. Um, And what we saw in this game was an atrocious defense that just could not stop Patrick Mahomes. The Chiefs put up 38 points in that game, and I'm not, you know, giving all this bad talk towards the Eagles' way. I'm not saying, like, oh my god, their defense is trash. I think it just showed more how good the Chiefs' offense and Mahomes is compared to how great this Eagles' defense was. And don't get me wrong, the Eagles had a hell of a run this season. For us, Alex and I, to believe that the Eagles were going to win in the Super Bowl shows how good of a season that they had. We were nervous as hell going into this game, uh, but Mahomes just showed that he is him. He is the better player, uh, and he can defeat your entire defense, whether they are trying to set records and sacks or not. Uh, but it really is crazy how going into this game, we were talking about the defense is going to be the facilitator. You know, Is it going to be that Mahomes is able to cook and move the ball down the field? Or will the Eagles defense shut him down and he'll be throwing pick after pick or you know, fumbling the ball? We'll have to wait and see. And the Eagles defense just didn't stand a chance. After all of that, after that amazing season, after shutting Daniel Jones and that offense down, you're playing against a four-string in a, you know, in a game with against the 49ers. I mean, it also... And that might have just showed how easy of a playoff run the Eagles had that they, but they were able to hold up against this team. So I don't even want to say that that the Chiefs. No, it was, it was a close game, right? I think the yeah. key difference. No, they deserved. They definitely deserved to be there. They were a yeah. very special team this year. Yeah, and and you got to give credit to that offensive line of the Chiefs as well. Joe Tooney in the inside, Creed Humphrey, Orlando Brown at left tackle held up really well. Um, you know, those guys really, really did a good job. Uh, Pat Mahomes wasn't sacked all night. Even with his lack of mobility somewhat, obviously, because he still ran for like 30 yards in the second half, but his lack of mobility, you could say, um, in the second half, and they were able to keep him upright. So certainly impressive there from the Chiefs offensive line, um, and, and their defense came up big as well, especially their corners, uh, you know, on the non-huge 50-plus yard bombs that they gave up. But besides that, they were, they were able to make a few key stops, right? Neither defense played well. But the Chiefs defense was able to get 
a couple of stops when it really mattered. Let's go to the New York Giants news that we have now. Before we go to the wide receiver positional rankings, it's just a couple of things uh, that we got to kind of get going there. Um, first of all, Wink Martindale and Mike Kafka were not selected as the Colts head coach. So that's a good thing. Uh, when it comes to Kafka, though, the Cardinals are interviewing Jonathan Gannon today, the defensive coordinator of the Arizona uh, I was going to say Arizona Cardinals. Not yet. Well, actually, Josh, uh, Jonathan Gannon will be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. We just got that news a few minutes ago. Of course, while I'm editing the episode, um, we always jump the gun on these things and get unlucky. But Mike Kafka and Wink Martindale will be back with the New York Giants this season. Uh, Thank you and enjoy the rest of the episode. Um, The Philadelphia Eagles defensive coordinator, they're interviewing him today on Monday. Uh, when we're recording this again, is known to be on the Cardinal, the Cardinals' front runner for the job, meaning that hopefully the Giants will get both their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators for next season. We'll have to wait and see. Brian Dable is awarded the AP Coach of the Year for this 2022 season. Saquon came in third in the Comeback Player of the Year voting. Uh, last week on Friday, Brian Dable said that the team is in contact with Daniel Jones' representatives as they're trying to work something out. And the New York Giants are signing... Tight end, Lawrence Cager, 25 years old, to a future contract with the team. And that's all the Giants news that we have for you. All right, let's get to our top five wide receivers in this NFL draft class. It was tough narrowing it down, but I'm, uh, I'm very excited to talk about them. And let's start off with number five. We're going five to one here. So starting off with number five, we have five foot ten, 172 pound wide receiver, senior, from Boston College, Zay Flowers. Uh, I kind of fell in love with this guy from a friend, not Alex, who recommended uh, him to me to kind of look out for. I didn't even have him in my top five a couple of weeks ago. And once I dove into the film, I never looked back. Flowers, once he's in one-on-one coverage, anytime in that case, and that's with a couple of other guys, but it's a little bit different with him. Because when he's in one-on-one coverage, his route running ability is just absolutely elite. He will get past your guy if it's a cut involved in there. Uh, The pros for him is fluid route running abilities. He's able to get free often to man coverage. Quick and elusive, good hands. He's actually made some really nice catches at Boston College. Um, And Unfortunately, everyone comes with their pros, but also their cons. So his cons is that he's undersized, being less than six foot and only around 170 to 180 pounds. He might be outmuscled by cornerbacks in the NFL. And he definitely has trouble in zone coverage, but obviously thrives against man coverage, like I said earlier. Um, and then Alex, are we just going to rotate kind of back and forth on these? Yeah, bef- yeah, we'll do each each one individually. I just want to explain before because I assume you're going to get to the grades now. Um, before we talk about it. Uh, in terms of the grading system, I kind of have like an algorithm here, uh, how I, you know, calculate what round, um, you know, based on a certain score at the end. Um, and certain things, um, we don't have a category for things that take into account like size. For example, Zay Flowers is very undersized. Uh, so we kind of take that out of the agility score. So we subtracted a certain number of points depending on, you know, if they're really, really undersized or a little bit undersized, etc. to kind of weight out. Um, the algorithm properly so it gets an accurate uh, you know readout at the end I know I sound like a computer programmer I'm really not I'm just using Google Docs and a calculator all right let's move on to the next guy here uh, or no you didn't I even lost. say the grades. grading system grading system after you just I just explained the system you got to read the system 
All right, so we have for our player comparison, it's Christian Kirk, uh, the guy who was on the Arizona Cardinals, and didn't he transfer teams now? No, now he's on the Cardinals. Yeah, nope, I think now he's, he's on the Jags. What are you talking about? Oh, right. So he did transition teams. Yeah. I knew. So he used to be on the Cardinals, now on the Jags. Christian Kirk, um, our comparison there. He's supposed to be a late first round pick, Flowers, although he could very well go second round as well. Now to the grades. Speed, 7. Hands, 7. Route running, 8. The agility is an 8.5, but we subtract 2 because of that size, meaning it's 6.5 leaving him with an overall grade of a 7.1. Again, the main takeaway, I want to make sure we leave you with a takeaway, so if you don't remember all the info we talked about for each player, you at least remember one little thing. The takeaway with Jay Flowers is the route running ability. Um, if you get him in man coverage, he will be able to probably beat your cornerback 9 times out of 10. But remember, that size of himself being only 5'10 is that critical factor. If that cornerback's a big guy and he runs a great route, that's cool, but he'll still get locked up because... He's kind of undersized there. So that's my main takeaway uh, from if you want to look at uh, Zay Flowers. When looking at Zay Flowers, I should say. All right, moving on now to number four. I'll let Josh talk a little bit about this guy too when I'm done with it because I know he's a big fan. But Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee, six foot, 185, and he's a speed demon. I'm not sure. I don't think he's going to break the uh, combine record, but I do think he'll probably run in the high four twos, low four threes. We'll have to wait and see. I think that's going to be an exciting, you know, combine storyline. I guess we always have those guys. Um, he's, you know, he's quick off the line and, and it's just his burst, his, um, you know, he just gets down the field so quickly um, and he's such a huge downfield threat. He's a really good route runner as well. Um, he doesn't exactly, this is kind of like runs with a con, but he doesn't exactly have the biggest route tree. He only has like a few different combinations. He really ran at Tennessee. But when he does run those routes, he mastered them to perfection. Um, his cons, really, he's, again, a little bit skinny. Uh, his height is fine, um, but he won't be able to really work in press coverage that effectively uh, unless he bulks up a little bit. And really, he only had one huge year of production um, here in 2022. Um, and then his... Um, comp we have here is Jamison Williams. Uh, obviously, we didn't see much of Jamison Williams this year for the Lions, but coming out of college, their tape looks very, very similar. And then moving to the grades, um, his speed we have as a nine, uh, hands as a seven, uh, route running as a seven and a half, agility as an eight. We took a minus one and a half for the size, six and a half it comes out to, and that gives us a grade of 7.5 or a mid first round player. Josh, I know you have some stuff to say. Yeah, again, so I'm just going to give you the takeaway and the takeaway that you're going to want to take away from Jalen Hyatt is the speed. And Alex already touched on it. He really thrived in what you know as maybe those post fade routes that you'll see mostly on the one yard line right in the red zone from top quality wide receivers like Devontae Adams or maybe a guy like um, AJ Brown that you saw last night. That's the thing that holds you from the 50. He'll do a fade route, and he'll get past the cornerback with ease. If you're going to want to play against him, you're going to want to play zone coverage in the NFL. He's a speed demon, like Alex said. Kind of like a Tyreek Hill, but he's a different player than Tyreek Hill because I think Tyreek Hill is a little bit shorter. He's a little bit bigger in size-wise. Hyatt's just like, he's kind of taller at six foot, but he's just so fast. And again, he will just beat you down the field. And that's just really what I want to tell you is your takeaway with Jalen Hyatt is that he will just beat you down the field in one-on-one -on -one coverage. If you leave him one-on-one, -on -one, you will find him open 50 yards down the field. 
Next guy on the list here is number three, Josh Downs, a 5'10", 175-pound junior out of UNC, the University of North Carolina. Now, this is a guy that I'm going to give Alex uh, to be able to get the spot of the takeaway for him. What I have to say about him is his pros is that he has elite speed. He's got really great production in college football. Having two years of 1,000-yard seasons, you don't see that a lot with wide receivers. They kind of have a peak year. And uh, that is a reason why, and I don't really want to spoil it, but I already set myself up for it. It's a reason why we don't have Jackson Smith and Jigba on this list. A lot of people are going to be upset about that. And the reason for that is he was injured this past season. It's a risk going into the draft. I think it's a reason that he could very well fall. We know how much injuries take over scouts and GMs' minds in the NFL. So I think that could definitely leave Smith and Jigba falling. But he just didn't have a good... I want. I wanted guys on this list. I wanted this top five to be people who had good years this past season in 2022. Whose stock will be rising and not falling. And I think because he didn't play a lot this year, I think Njigba's, uh, Njigba's stock is going to be lowering. Anyway... Josh Downs, like I said, great production in college, two 1,000-yard-plus seasons. He also has a strong route tree as well, ran many different routes at North Carolina, uh, was exposed to many different uh, types of offenses, uh, offensive plays, I should say, uh, in comparison to his cons, his size. We have a lot of, as Alex says, and we're not trying to be rude here, we got a lot of twigs in this class. Uh, we, got, we have a lot of guys that are going to have to build muscle, get in the weight room once they're in uh, the, the pros, and I'm sure they know that as well. They'll, that'll be their, their, their thing that they'll you know be able to do, and that's for everyone. They're all going to get stronger once they get into, uh, into the NFL. But for Downs, he's 5'10". He's 175 pounds, so that's a con there. Struggles against press coverage. So a guy that we found similar to that was Tyler Lockett. Obviously, he doesn't struggle in press coverage anymore. Maybe he might have. Uh, but now Tyler Lockett is an NFL season vet. So, uh, But we, we saw some flashes of comparisons there. A mid-first round pick, and his grades goes like this. An 8.5 in speed, 7 for hands, 9 for route running. The agility is an 8, but because of that, 5'10", 175 pounds. We subtracted 2 from that, giving him a 6 there with a total score of a 7.6 for Mr. Josh Downs. Alex, I hand it to you. Yeah, Josh Downs is a guy who I think... Number one in the red zone is going to be really, really dangerous. You know, didn't have the most touchdowns in college, but, you know, when he did get those red zone looks, he was extremely effective. He was a guy, I don't know why I tended to watch a lot of UNC this past season, but I did. Um, and he just always stuck out to me. Uh, his speed, his route running, all really, really strong. Obviously, his hands need a little bit of work, um, you know, a few drops here and there. But overall, I just think he's an excellent, excellent guy who I think is going to be kind of an underrated guy when he gets into the NFL, kind of like Tyler Lockett is, um, and I think he's going to be really, really effective, but if you need a guy who can mainly operate out of the slot, um, you know, who can be a really big threat in the red zone, kind of be that go-to guy for your quarterback, uh, I think Josh Downs is going to be a really, really good player in the NFL, so I'm excited to see um, what he can do and where he ends up going. Uh, Mid-first round is where we had him uh, in terms of our grading system. I think he'll probably end up more in the late first round, more because of his size. I think people will actually take even more. Even though we only took two points, let's say, I think a lot of NFL scouts may take three, four, five points, hypothetically. So, uh, got to think about that as well. Our number two player moving on now is Jordan Addison out of USC Junior, six foot, 175. That 175 number coming out a lot here. Uh, a little bit taller than Downs, but still really, really skinny. Uh, he's an elite route runner. 
Um, he's got great change of direction, very solid speed as well. Um, and he's kind of, I'd say out of all these guys, he's probably in the middle um, in terms of his physical traits and what he does well. Uh, before we talk about the number one guy, uh, he's kind of like a middle point uh, between those two. Still really skinny, but a little bit bigger. Um, and, you know, I think he could be a nice compromise for certain teams. We'll talk about number one in a minute when Josh gets to him. But, um, you know, in terms of his cons, he's a little bit, you know, he's definitely on the small side in terms of his uh, weight and build. Um, he's definitely going to be a slot guy, I think, in the NFL. Unless, of course, he can build up, um, you know, some more muscle. And then I think he could possibly play on the outside. He definitely struggles against press coverage in the limited time we've seen him um, face that in college. So that could be an issue like met for many of these guys. I feel like we keep saying this over and over again. And then drops. Uh, drops were a big issue for Addison at Pittsburgh, but not as much of a problem at USC. Uh, he's definitely improved and will probably continue that progression, hopefully, in the NFL. And for our grades, um, actually, before I get to the grades, I'm going to do a comparison. Devonta Smith, a very similar build um, and kind of similar film even coming out of college. So I think that's a really nice comparison for him. And then um, for the grades, speed, we have an eight, hands seven, route running eight and a half, and the agility uh, we have as an eight, take one off for his size. That's a seven and a 7.6 final grade, also making him a mid first round pick. Josh, do you have any final thoughts on him or do you want to uh, move on to our number one guy? Not really any final thoughts on Addison. Uh, I just wanted to say that these top two guys have been very consistent on everyone's list. Uh, that hasn't really changed between Addison and this number one guy, Quinn Johnson. Uh, but after that point of three to, let's say, ten, and you look at all these different sites of, of qualified sources, by the way, like a USA Today and PFF and Pro Football Network and um, uh, what else is it? Uh, um the, I, I don't know, but you look at all the sites, and I remember like a few of them that I used. After that number two guy, right after Addison at two, it's it's normally Johnson one and two with Addison. After that point, it's all over the place. So we'll have to see what other people say. Uh, kind of as we get closer to the draft, I remember it's early February. I mean, the Super Bowl was yesterday when we we're recording this, so um, I'm sure the list will com- continue to change. Combine will be really big for a lot of these guys. I think that's going to change a lot, especially for Smith and Jigba. I think if he puts up good performance at the combine, I think he could rise to the top one or two. I still think that injury is going to drag him down the draft board, but we'll have to wait and see. Okay, so anyway, number one, I already exposed it. Quinn Johnson out of TCU. He's a junior, 6'4", 215 pounds. His pros, he's quick cut. His directional changes are very good. Uh, Chops his feet well. He's very tall. Finally, someone that is tall in this draft class when it comes to Iris years. All the other guys are kind of shorter. Uh, He can bully defensive backs. However, he does have some cons, just like all the other guys. Drops. I'm sure that's something that he can just get better at in the NFL. Um, I want. I don't want to say it's an easy fix, uh, but he did have eight drops this past season. It's something to note. He has somewhat of a limited route tree at TCU, and he struggles to find pockets in zone coverage. I think also a reason that he was at number one and is number one right now. TCU had an amazing, wonderful season this year. I mean, to make it all the way to the national championship as a TCU team, I mean, when was the last time TCU, was it the first time they ever made it to the national championship? I couldn't tell you because I never really heard TCU get talked about to ever make the college football playoffs. So I think that definitely uh, boosted Johnston's stock uh, on everyone's list. And that's what makes him, you know, he helped lead them to that place in uh, the final. So credit to him. 
But let's go to the the grades now. And he is a mid-first round pick, probably. His grades look like this. Speed 8, hand 7, route running 7.5, and, and agility 7, plus the 1 now. He's finally getting a plus. All these other guys get minuses. He gets a plus because he's six foot four. That goes to an 8. His total grade is a 7.7. 7. Alex, I have my headliner or my takeaway for Johnston, but I'll let you talk about him because he's our number one here. Yeah, I think Johnston is the only one here. This isn't the strongest wide receiver draft class. The other guys we all mentioned, I don't think are alpha receivers, uh, as much as that's kind of an overused term. I don't think they're X receivers. They're not going to be number one um, guys. At least they're not going to be your number one yeah. contested catch guys on the outside. I mean, I, I was think- even hearing that Downs could be thriving at the slot position. I mean, just just throwing out a guy. Yeah, uh, just I, I to think. Do. I think Johnston's the only guy. I think Smith and Ujigba actually also has this potential as much as Josh is, you know, anti him. I'm not, not that I'm like a huge fan, but I do, you know, think he's a little bit higher up than Josh has him. I think this, I think Johnston really has potential. I don't think he's really there yet, though, um, to be, you know, that huge number one receiver, kind of a Mike Williams type. I know we didn't even really have a comp for Johnston because he's, he doesn't really have a good comp, honestly. Mike Williams, AJ Green type player, maybe, um, but it, it's really tough for him. You know, I think he has that potential with his size to be a great contested catch guy, a guy who can be a really big deep threat. But how about this one? How about this one? Kenny what? Galladay before he we went to the New York Giants. Kenny Galladay before the Giants. I, That's I think what I really thought about because when I was thinking about it, it's like, okay, throws in one on one coverage, can make contested catch in the red zone. Who was that? Why am I think? Oh, yeah. Kenny Galladay, when he was on the lines, what everyone thought he was going to be when he came to the New York Giants yeah. was that one-on-one contested catch guy. So, honestly, that's my comparison for Johnston. Yeah. I think he's a bit quicker than Kenny Galladay, though. Like you said, he he can change direction quickly. I, he no, he way... would definitely get separation. Kenny Galladay is one of the least, whatever. He's one of the lowest. Yeah, Kenny Galladay doesn't to... get much separation. I think Johnston could be, you know, an average separator, which with his size would be very good. So, um, I, I think there's definitely potential with him. I think this wide receiver class, to be honest, is very much like hitter. I think a lot of these guys could really bust, and I think a lot of them could also hit. Um, but I don't think you've got any really safe options here. Um, I think Josh Downs, in my opinion, is the safest out of all of these guys, maybe with Zay Flowers as well. Um, I think those two guys are probably the safest, with Jalen Hyatt probably being that huge boom, huge Maybe not a huge bust, but I think more of a big boomer bust guy. Um, and then Addison, I think, is kind of middle of the pack. And Johnston, I also think, could possibly be a boomer bust guy. But overall, I think I think this class is pretty strong. But I'll let you do your takeaway um, for Johnston. Yeah, so, I mean, we already kind of talked about it. But just your main takeaway, if there's one thing you should remember from us talking about Mr. Johnston here at number one, is that it's the, the, the toss-up, the 50-50 ball, the one-on-one coverage. If you want to go to the Giant Take uh, YouTube channel in the shorts or the TikTok uh, that I posted, I've been kind of going through a couple of these guys, and I want to keep doing that for more prospects uh, when we kind of scout them the week of. There was a catch, I think, against Oklahoma, I want to say. I'm not 100% sure. where It was in. It was kind of like a Justin Jefferson catch where he had that catch of the season against the, uh, against the Bills. It was sort of similar to that where it was in the end zone and it was in the cornerback's hands. Uh, it was kind of an underthrown ball in front of him. And it was in the cornerback's hands that Johnston just took it and he just ripped it out of the guy's hands. Literally, it was in the cornerback's hands, ready for a pick. Johnson also had his hands on it, but he said, I'm not going to let you settle with that. I'm going to take that out of your hands, ripped it out, 
and he ends up getting the touchdown on that play. Uh, so that's really that's my takeaway with Johnston is that really great in fifty uh, fifty balls, tall, strong, um, so good for one on ones. And yeah, I and that's gonna wrap it up for uh, very exciting our first uh, NFL draft twenty twenty three position group wide receivers. That's it. That's our top five. So there's one more thing we got to get to here, and that is uh, the NFL picks have come to an end, just like this NFL season. So we got a winner for our 2022-2023 NFL season picks with 150 wins, or 150 picks, correct picks, I should say, is Alex. Uh, Five more wins than me. I had 145. So, Alex, congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. Um, you know, this this was certainly an honor. Um, <laughs> you know, it's probably my proudest achievement in life. But, uh, you know, I mean, that's all I'm going to say. Um, you know, this, it was a tough season. Tough season of guessing. Um, for both of us, for about every three we got right, we got two wrong. So, not the best ratio there. Um, three out of five, what is that, 60%? Uh, correct ratio, not exactly the best, but hey, we were both above 500, so that's a good thing, I guess. And you know, fun another fun season of picks. So, um, you know, overall a good time. That's all I'm. Gonna, I don't. I don't really know what to say. It's really it's kind of an awkward situation. I gotta be honest. Um, all right, so then I could I could take it from here. Um, what you can do to help support the podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, type in the Giant Take and New York Giants podcast, and hit that subscribe button. You can also rate five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. To find a lot of places to listen to our show, you can go to shipitstudios.com slash giantake. We're on a bunch of social medias. I kind of already referenced them, but TikTok and Twitter at the Giant Take Pod, Instagram and Facebook, the Giant Take Podcast. Alex, he's on Twitter at inorian 23 I'm on Twitter at joshola 29 And I think I really got everything there. I, I Yeah, I ran through it really quickly, but if I ran through it too quickly for yourselves... You can go into the podcast description, and it'll have all that stuff there for you. So, to wrap this one up, my co-host, I'll send it to you. Our first positional draft done. It's good to get the first one out of the way, right? Gets the jitters out, and uh, now we're (laughs) in a groove. Now we set up the groove, you know? The groove is in. The jitters are gone. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode. Uh, Great weekend, hopefully, for Giants fans here. And uh, hope everyone has a great rest of the week. And we'll see you next time. Uh, you know, looking forward to hopefully the draft more and the offseason. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. 
From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.